Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Cypher Sounds got his start carrying crates for Funkmaster Flex, and was a longtime DJ on Hot 97 in New York City, as well as a VJ on Yo! MTV Raps. But his comedy cred is just as impressive, serving as the DJ for Chappelle's show on Comedy Central, going on tour with the likes of Chappelle and Michael Che, and hosting a variety of comedy showcases, from Take It Personal, the hip-hop improv show at the UCB Theater, to his title series, No Small Talk, regular hosting duties at New York City's legendary Comedy Cellar, and now, Saifa hosts the new True TV series, Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks, which debuted in January 2018. So let's get to it! Saifa Sounds, welcome to Last Things First. Wait, what is this? This is called Last Things First. Oh, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> is this what I'm supposed to be? Yeah. Okay, last things first. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, usually we do all the plugs at the end, so uh, last things first. Let me just make sure I have all of your credits straight. You're not going to have them all, but which ones you got? So, okay. So, so I got a lot. <laughs> it's too many, actually. So you got uh, Don't Take It Personal, the hip-hop improv show. Take It Personal. Take It Personal. Take It Personal. Uh, you got uh, the title series. Yeah, that kind of faded out. That's oh. not really happy. But yeah, that's still up. You can still watch it on title. Yeah. I don't think I'm doing any new ones. Okay. But yeah. Uh, you're the host of the new True TV series. Correct. Laugh Tracks, Laugh Mob. Yep. Laugh Mobs, Laugh, 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 laugh Tracks. Well, you did it last thing first. So yeah. Fine, yeah. Laugh Tracks, Laugh Mobs, Laugh, yeah. laugh, laugh Tracks. <laughs> laugh Mobs, like parentheses yeah. S. Like Laugh Mobs, they like uh -huh. own it, possession, possessive. Right. Laugh Mobs, Laugh Tracks. On True TV. On True TV, correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're credited in Dave Chappelle's newest Woo! specials. Okay. That was a big one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know I was going to get credit on the special, man. I was yeah, no, very I, excited about that. Because a lot of times Netflix will skip the credits yeah. just to go to the next thing. Right. But I was like, oh, I want to see what the credits are. You, gotta, you, got, you, you got definitely got to like, because with Netflix, it'll say uh, play next episode or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. definitely got to turn that off. Right. To watch and the watch credits. The credits. Uh, and then you're also regularly on tour with Michael Che. Michael Che, yep. Uh, regularly hosted the Comedy Cellar. Yeah, you got it. Is that most of them? That's the. That's the, Those are the good yeah. ones. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this, then, Saifa. As a uh, Puerto Rican kid in the Bronx in the late 1970s, early 1980s. Yeah. Which of those credits surprises you the most? You know what's funny? It's funny that you say that because lately I've been writing on my Instagram just a kid from the Bronx. Uh huh. I do some shit. I don't know if I'm allowed to say bad words. Yeah. There, no words are bad. Um, I do some stuff that I really can't believe that I'm at. And it's just like, it's not that I know I, 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 know I work hard. Mm -hmm. I know it's not just luck. I know I purposely put myself in the right position to get these good things. But when they're happening, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you know? So like New Year's Eve. I was in L.A., mm -hmm. and I did a show with Dave Chappelle and John Mayer. Oh, you were, you were on part of that show. That was yeah, just a couple days at ago. Yeah, the forum. Yeah. yeah. So it's me, uh, uh, Jeff Ross. Yeah. Did like a mini roast, like the speed roasting thing, and then Dave and John Mayer. Yeah. And like, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so 
I don't know, man. When I was young in the Bronx, I wanted to be in the in the Marines. So none of every, all of this stuff is shocking to me. What all was it, it? What like, was it about the Marines that? I don't know. I just I was I wanted to be a Marine until like uh, until I discovered DJing when I was like fifteen, sixteen, and okay. I still uh, I almost went. I almost went to them. I used to just love war movies. Okay. And I wanted to be like I don't know. I, maybe because I Marines like, were the toughest, or yeah, like it was like structured. Mm-hmm. I like structure. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of because I wasn't tough. <laughs> And then my mom was like, well, why don't you go? To, you're smart. Go to the mm-hmm. Air Force. I'm like, no, Marines. She's like, that's the worst one. <laughs> right. That's the one where you're most likely to die is the Marines. Yeah, but um, so I almost went. The Marines, you like, go in front. And I, uh, yeah, Marines go <laughs> And then I applied for the Marines, and, and I told Oh, you guy, applied? Oh, no, no, no. The guy was coming to pick me up at 5 a.m. They tell you bring $20. Were you 18? Uh, Did you, was, like, do it right when you were 18 or later? Yeah, 18, 19. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. And the guy, the guy, they tell you bring 20 bucks and the clothes on your back. Because 20 bucks for the day, like to get some food while right. you're getting shipped Vending off. Vending machine stuff and yeah. whatever. And clothes on your back. And I called him at 4 a.m. and I was like, I don't think I'm going to go. And he screamed at me yo, over the Oh, phone. he wasn't used to that by now? People like, haven't... I thought you were a man. I thought you were tough. <laughs> I was like, well, if you're going to scream at me, then I'm definitely not going to go now. <laughs> Yeah, Screaming man. is one of the main things about the Marines in boot camp. If I couldn't handle the if first one. you watch those one, Marines like Full Metal Jacket? I know. I couldn't handle the first phone You had to have watched Full Metal Jacket before you signed. So screaming is the whole thing. I know. I don't know why I couldn't. I don't like people screaming at me. I don't know why I wanted to be a Marine. <laughs> I would have failed out instantly. That's funny. Um, but yeah, so I don't, all of okay. it is shocking, man. Like, you know, I, I, I DJ for, J, for J-Lo for her private parties and I'm just a regular guy though. Like I'm just I'm not Hollywood. I don't have right. a big head. I'm just a regular guy that gets all these cool things and it's like every time I do it I'm like this is crazy. This is crazy. <laughs> Did you watch the 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 Get Down? No. On Netflix? No. On purpose or Yeah, I have trouble. Well, I don't like things that get a lot of hype. Uh-huh. And I don't like watching hip hop things. Cuz I feel like they don't get it right. So because I was going to say, I think Funkmaster Flex is a character in that. Is he? Yeah. Because it's about what the... Mean, br- like, it's about the No, like somebody hit- plays Funkmaster Flex. No, he was Because it's, it's about Bronx in the late yeah. 70s. Yeah. It's about Bronx in the 70s. Yeah. I I, I thought it, I heard it was like... And I don't like those guy, that guy's movies. Oh, okay. What's the guy? Uh, oh, Lar- Baz Luhrmann. Yes. Baz Luhrmann. And what was his big movie? Well, he did a Romeo and Juliet one. No, the other one. Uh, spectacular Spectacular. Moulin Rouge? Moulin Rouge. I hated that. Okay. I hated the way it's like supposed to be a timepiece, but then there's like house music in yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. Keep it real. Okay. Well, how did how did you meet Funkmaster Flex? Uh, I met Funkmaster Flex. He's my mentor, my idol. Um, how I was down you? with a... Huh? How old were you? When I met Flex? Yeah. I had to be... Uh, nineteen twenty, nineteen. My my. So you wouldn't have met him if you had gone to the Marines. No, no. Literally, like it all happened right around that time. I was going. To, I was in living in Long Island. Uh-huh. My mom got like a promotion. Okay. Moved to Long Island. Went to Nassau Community College. While I was there, I met this guy DJ Riz, who is everything to me. Like he taught me everything I needed to know about DJing. He's the mo- one of the most amazing DJs ever. He was down in a group with Funkmaster Flex. And through him, I met Flex and his manager, this woman, Jessica. Um, and then that's how I got down with that whole crew. Okay. 
How did you already were you already interested in being part of the DJ culture? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, so I met them when I was like 19, 20 ish. I started DJing when I was like 15. Okay. And I was like, I really wanted to produce. And I thought you had to be a DJ to be a producer, like DJ Premier and DJ and Pete Rock. I thought like, oh, you must have, I I didn't know anything back then. I was a kid. So I was like, oh, I guess in order to produce beats, you have to be a DJ. So I started practicing. We we didn't have the internet. No, just the, kid, all like, the kids nowadays don't remember. There was a time before the internet. Yo, just the radio, where you couldn't look videos. Stuff up. Yeah, yeah, and I just was like, "Well, I know Premier made this beat, and mm-hmm. he's the DJ for Gangstar, so that you must have to do that." So I started taking those steps, and my beats always sucked. I was not good at making beats, but I, I found a knack for DJing. Okay. So then I just, yeah, just once I found as much as I wanted to be a marine, <laughs> once I found music, like it was all I did. Just. Buried my head in it and, and just kept going, going, going. Yeah, because the only thing people yell at you at about DJing is requests. Yeah. <laughs> then you can ignore those people. <laughs> that chick is dumb. Yeah, they're not yelling at you to make your bed or do push-ups. Yeah, they're man. Like, <laughs> how, how long were you, were you DJing before you got into radio stuff? Um, so, like... Um, it's, I, I got into radio pretty early because I got uh, when I met Flex, I was DJing professionally. And when I say professionally, I mean like nightclubs. I wasn't making any good money, but just real nightclubs. Maybe just like a, even just a year, if that. How much would a nightclub pay back then? For me, I was opening. I'd get like 75 bucks. Okay. Like my first gig I ever got was 75 bucks. And uh, I still see the guy who gave me my first gig. He's actually... Ghostface's manager. Okay. So I still see him around, and he manages Fifty Cent, or he works with Fifty. So I always see him once in a while, and I always go, "Yo, you were the first one, yo, first gig I ever got." That's kind of comparable to opening comedy money. Yeah. Oh, comedy. Yo, if you really start breaking it down, DJing and stand up is very similar. That's why I can am able to jump back and forth. Um. Then when I met Flex, he had just gotten a new position at the radio where he was becoming a personality as opposed to just a DJ. Right. So he needed um, help to at the station. And he liked, I was always on time. I always worked with him well. I, was, I wasn't I was like super braggy or wasn't trying to, I was very like uh, loyal and private. I wouldn't put out his personal business. So he's like, yo, you want to come work with me at the station? And I said, yeah. And I would have to be there. The show started at seven. I'd have to get there at six, set up his records, order the food. Uh, if we had guests coming in, set up like their headphones and all that kind of stuff. And it just led from there, just on and on and on. Just how much? How much experience did you have talking into a microphone at that point? Oh, none back then. I, I was scared to talk back then. When when yeah. did you stop being scared about this? Uh, this is what we're doing now, talking into the microphone. Well, now I could talk to Eddie. Like, <laughs> um, I don't know. When, yeah, I think, when did that change? I I I realized I realized that um it wasn't just about um oh you know what it was okay I was on the road with like little Kim mm-hmm. in between working at the radio I'd go on the road on the weekends with little Kim and I'd have to like start the show okay and I had to like get comfortable like speaking into the into the mic and I just started studying like Kid Capri Brucey e. B all these famous New York club guys that uh, talking was part of the DJing. And that's a real New York thing. A lot of other places you go and DJs don't talk on in, in the nightclubs. 
So I studied those guys and I, I started to like, I just literally just stole their style until I <laughs> developed my own. Okay. And, um, and then I studied Jamaican DJs because Jamaican DJs talk the entire time. The entire time. Over the record? Over the whole thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. Have you ever been to a Jamaican party? <laughs> so I studied that and I I guess applied. I've never been to a true well, Jamaican they, party. They, no, they, 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 like a dance hall party. Mm -hmm. Whatever the next song is about, they have this whole uh, setup for it. Okay. And then the record comes in uh -huh. and it's about what they were just talking about right. and the crowd goes crazy. But almost every song. So kind of like John Mayer will riff with the crowd before he starts playing the next song. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. But it's like every song. Right. And then, uh, so I, I took that style, mm -hmm. but applied it to hip hop records. And I'd be like, yo, you know, you know, we're going to get real crazy. Um, I need everybody to get ready to jump. Let's do a little stretch. Let's get loose. Cause you're about to jump. And then boom, house of pain, jump around, mm -hmm. you know? And then they like, they start jumping. So like stuff like that. And that just became my style. All right. Which to this day I still do. At what at what point did the MTV offer come around? MTV. Yo. I suck with years, but a woman named Sarah worked at Hot ninety seven, mm -hmm. and she got a job at MTV, and she suggested that they try me out as a VJ. And because um, that's a whole different. Yeah, but by then I was set. by then I was a radio. Not by then I was a personality. Right. This had to be. Uh, I don't know. I want to between oh four. But talking between tracks and then being on TV are two different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely you had to think um, about what you look like. And yeah, I had to uh, learn how to loosen up my face <laughs> because on the radio, no one sees you. Right. And they you were have like, like resting. Yeah. <laughs> resting face they something? used to, the director used to be like, you, you, your voice is so energetic, but uh -huh. your face is not expressing. You it. look sleepy. Yeah, that's just my normal face. <laughs> so I had to get better at that. But yeah, uh -huh. it was, that was fun. That was really good. Wait, what kind of exercises did you do for that? Are the exercises to, for your face? Like, no, I just had smile to like, more? look. They were like literally like look in the mirror and read these lines uh -huh. and look, you know, or tape yourself. Once you see it once, you're like, oh my god, I gotta fix this. Because <laughs> in the radio, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. In the radio, you could literally be slumped over as long as your voice sounds right. Well, I mean, there was a whole generation. I don't know if it's true now, but I remember when I was a kid, people talk about like he's he's got a face for radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nah, it's not true anymore. <laughs> but that was like all the radio people were. <laughs> yeah, because now it's, um, even like radio, radio now is video. Yeah. Right, because you got to have cameras in the, yeah, in everything the booth. Now, and... Yeah, everything's video now. Yeah. Makeup all day. <laughs> <laughs> were you funny as a kid? Did you, I mean. My mom is this very. A whole, this is a whole different world from Yeah, that. my mom is very. Uh, it's not a natural sarcastic. progression. My mom was very sarcastic. Mm -hmm. My mom wasn't like gut busting funny but she would always do funny things and um that's the thing like i picked up a lot of the comedy stuff when i was saying like i was talking like jamaican djs yeah yeah because you're saying funny things to bring in the records or i used to do some clubs in the bronx and i'll be like yo i'm here for the next two hours i'm gonna make y'all dance please nobody steal my radio in my car you know what i'm saying and like they would all laugh and like that, that's where my comedy started to Come into play okay. and those little, and then like on the radio, I used to do funny stuff like hang up on people and make them pretend they won a contest or something like that. Just little pranks like that, and people right. would always be like, "You're so funny, you're so funny." And then that's where it 
developed into like doing stand up. Do you remember the first time you went to the comedy cellar? First time I ever went, I was who did I know? Somebody was I think it was Artie Fuqua. I knew him from when I used to do Caroline's. Okay. And I was like, they're always talking about the cellar. I didn't know what it was. I just always heard about it. So I went there one night. I think I was with my wife before she was my wife. And uh, I met the manager, Liz, who's now my friend and the grumpiest woman alive. Um, <laughs> and Louie was there mm-hmm. uh, shooting one of the episodes oh, of Louie. Oh, for the TV show. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it was like a whole production crew yeah, outside. Yeah. And I was like... Uh, he was like, yo, can Sife get in? And she was like, I don't have any seats. And she was like, let me see if I could move two seats. Oh, you know what? That's not the first time, but I'll tell you. So that's the first time I went after the first time. Okay. And she gave me the seats, and we watched Louie. And Louie comes on stage, and he's like, hey, in my show, I want it to look like I didn't do well. So nobody really clapped <laughs> for me. And then I saw that episode. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I get it now, what he was doing. Right. First time I ever went was years earlier, maybe oh two, oh three. Okay. Um I meet Dave Chappelle at a not meet him for the first time, but I saw him at a party. Yeah, yeah. It was a Green Lantern uh record release party or okay. mixtape release party. And I'm talking to Dave, who I knew kinda well, and he goes, um, I'm getting out of here. I'm gonna go to the, do a spot at the cellar. He's like, You wanna come? I was like, Yeah, I'll come. We go, the cellar's nowhere like it is now. It was like half empty. Mm-hmm. Dave goes up. I had some girl with me, some random chick. I go in there, I sit down, and watch Dave do an hour and a half, like, just freestyling. And then afterwards, he goes, yo, um, I'm, I'm doing some pilot for Comedy Central. Would you, could you DJ it? Would you, would you DJ the pilot? I was like, yeah, I guess. Would you, sure. Mm-hmm. He didn't sound too excited about it. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I guess. Uh-huh. Then I get the call from Neil Brennan. And we go to this spot where we're shooting the pilot of the Chappelle show. So we shoot it. And then a couple months later, he calls me. He's like, yeah, so they, they picked it up. Would you want to DJ the, the show? Mm-hmm. I'm like, Are you, do you care about this? <laughs> I didn't sound like he cared at all. And it became the Chappelle show, which we now know is Did you, one of the great. As, as a DJ who didn't have that much experience with comedy back in 2002, did you realize that it was going to be something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. When we, when we were there, shoot, like I was there when they shot the wraparound. So he was on stage hosting. Yeah, yeah. To the audience, and then and then he would show the clips. Yeah, it was. They were very funny. Like we knew it was gonna be big. So when you saw him, I think that first episode had he was the the blind KKK. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that it was gonna be? I mean, I don't know if you ever know. You know, like you know, we game changer. Yeah, I don't know if I didn't know it was gonna change culture Uh like that, but we knew it was gonna be good. You know, it was too funny. Like the first time we showed the second season when we showed Rick James, we would shoot two separate shows, two separate audiences, both audiences, same day, but two different audiences. Mm -hmm. Asked to at the end of the show, asked to show the Rick James skit again. Oh wow! Both times. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Can we show it again?" <laughs> and the first time, and he was like, "The director was like, yeah, we can show it again before they leave.'" Yeah. And they showed it again. They showed it twice, and then the second audience, they might have showed it four times, because <laughs> then we didn't have to wait for another show. Mm-hmm. Like it was, and they showed it four times, and for months and months and months, even on the radio, I'd be like, "I'm Rick James, bitch." Yeah. People were like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> Why do you keep saying that?" I'm like, you'll see, you'll see. And then oh, so you were, dropping, you were dropping 
teases early. Nobody, but nobody knew what I was saying. I'm Rick James, bitch. <laughs> what was the transition like from you DJing with comedians to actually dropping, you know, like stepping be away yeah. from the turntable to get on? I'm very upset about this because Dave told me back then to do mm -hmm. stand up, and I thought he was out of his mind. I thought he was. He was like, "Yo, you're well, people funny. still think Dave is out of his mind." Well, that's beyond for yeah, different reasons. That, yeah, but he said you should do stand up. You're funny, and I was mm -hmm. like, "Why would I do stand up? I'm a DJ." And I, I, looking back, I'm like, "What an idiot I was, yo." But um, he told me that, and then when I was on MTV, I remember Jamie Fox, Will Smith, and one other person. I forget who it was. Like big. Famous funny people mm -hmm. asked if I did stand up or I should do stand up, and that's when I was like, okay, it's it's time to give like these people aren't seeing nonsense, you know. Right. There's got to be something there, and that's when I started taking it seriously. But when I think of those people, Dave Chappelle, Jamie Fox, I don't know that they've ever been to the UCB theater. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, that's where you decided no. to make a home for yourself. That was way after stand up, though. Oh, really? I was already doing okay. stand-up like five, six years when I went to UCB. No, they have no idea what UCB is. <laughs> do you try yeah. to explain it to them ever? They give no fucks. <laughs> Yo, I do. You know my show is. Have you ever been to one of my shows? It's like the hip-hop version of the ASCAP. Yeah, I get hip. When I started taking classes at UCB, I saw that they would make a lot of hip-hop references. Right. I was like, oh, I could probably get the hip person they're making a reference about to come to the show. Right. And through a couple of years, I figured out a way to do it. And I have hip-hop artists come to the show, tell a real-life story, and then we create the show on the spot. I've had M.O.P., 2 Chains, The Locks, I mean, gangsters. <laughs> like, and they come in. Jadakiss comes in. He looks in the room. He sees all white kids. And it's a, in the UCB East yeah. is a tiny yeah, room tiny. in the East Village. Next to a pizza he's place. Like, yeah. it's not he's like, yo, what is this, man? What is this? He's like, you said The green me up. room is like a closet. Yeah, they think I'm going to roast them or something. Uh -huh. I said, all you got to do is tell a story. He's, mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, I've known you since I was 19. I'm not going to do you wrong. Just trust me. Right. And he'll come on. This happens to a lot of people. They come on stage. They do the first story. Then they sit down. They watch us make the show. Mm -hmm. And by, the, by their second story, halfway through, they come back. They're... They're loving it. They're going nuts. They finally get it. Even if I'm explaining it on the phone, they don't get it until they see it. And I've had the craziest gangsters of hip hop in the UCB theater. It's great. What 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 do you think uh, scares them more, the young white crowd or the fact that they don't know what improv comedy is? Yeah, I just yeah they just it's just so foreign what I'm explaining. Yeah. Like, they're like, what do you mean make it up on the spot? And I'm like, it's improv. And they're like, what is, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, it's not, it can't be white kids because. So do you say freestyle or? No, because then they think we're going to rap. Okay. It's hard to explain. There's no way to yeah. explain it. Did, anybody, have to see did it. anybody explain, did anybody explain it to you before you got involved? No. Or did you just uh, my, dive in? My producer on the radio at the time I had just gotten the morning show, mm -hmm. and he was like, Saif, you're a little stiff. Oh, okay. You're a little stiff. And I was like, well, I never had to lead five people in a show before. I used to just be on my own. 
He's like, now, like now, I'm a quarterback. I have to like lead this, and it's like a little nerve wracking. He's like, you should take an improv class or see improv just mm -hmm. so you can loosen up. That's all he said. Okay. I went into one show, a Harold Knight. Harold Knight is like the the house teams. Um, I saw one show, and then I woke up two and a half years later, <laughs> of a deep dark hole of improv. <laughs> like, listen, how did it suck you in? I loved it. I loved it. The first show I ever saw, I fucking loved it. Do you remember who was performing? Yeah, the first it show? was um the t it was a team called Dance Break. Uh huh. Um, this kid Phil Jackson, who now writes for Brooklyn Nine Nine. Okay. Uh, this kid Noel, I think it's Noah, uh -huh. who is like one of the lead producers of Chris Gethard's show. Okay. Chris Gethard was the coach of that team. Okay. Um, uh, what's the other kid? Um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? He's on Stepfathers. Ah, whatever. He's a great actor. Uh -huh. Um, and this uh, another girl. I forgot. I forgot her name. But I, rem I remember seeing them, and like, I was like, "What is this? This is crazy." And I went back for I went back for shows like the next two weeks, like almost every day. And I, yo, I never wait online for anything. Like I'm Cypher Sounds. I could get into any concert, any backstage show, anything. Sneakers. I'm online. In front of the UCB with all these like college white kids, and you know across the street from UCB, uh, the 26th Street one before it which was not there anymore, which just got closed. Yeah, um, there's like some low income housing across yeah. the street, not projects, but like some kind of like I, yeah, I, I don't know how to describe those apartment yeah, buildings. Yeah, they're like um, they're like fixed income. Section eight, yeah, fixed income. So there's like some hood kids that live in those buildings. So they'd walk past and they'd see me online and they'd be like, Cypher Sounds, <laughs> yo, what? What you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go see this show. And they're like, what kind of, what kind of? We always see these kids lined up. What kind of show is it? I'm like, uh -huh. it's like a comedy show. And they're like, oh, like Martin, <laughs> like you know what I mean? I'm like, no, it's like made up. And they're like, uh -huh. all right, and they, they think it's like some weird sex shit or something. Uh -huh. But yeah, so I was in there forever. I started taking classes. Should have brought him in with you. I know. Oh, I did eventually. <laughs> Started taking classes, learning everything, meeting everybody, and just figured out a way to do my own show. It's and great. now, and now you're still like you said, you perform New Year's Eve. Yeah, with Chappelle and Jeff Ross and John Mayer. Yeah, uh, I know you. You're on Michael Che's Netflix special, but you're all. But you've been touring with him for the last. Yeah, couple Yeah, he of doesn't years. tour much because he's got SNL. SNL. Yeah, but whenever he goes on the road, I go with him. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, man. Like guys, like Che. He was a fan of mine growing up. He knew me from the radio. Right. So when I met him, he was like excited to meet me. I have a joke about it when I go on the road with him. I'm like, I used to be more famous than this guy. Now I'm opening <laughs> up for him. And uh, yeah, like, he, like they just, they know I'm not like desperate. I have, I have money, so I'm not like desperate to feed off of them. Uh, I really want to work, you know what I'm saying, perfect my craft. They help me with certain things. And like I take care of my own business like, I would pay for my own travel and room if I had to. I just want to go get the experience. And they respect that, you know? So they give me a shot, and it it, it never not turned out well. And now when you're at the cellar, like, you're there tonight, probably. Yeah, tonight, yep. So that's there's no music. There's no, it's just a regular straight stand-up show. Yeah. Do you feel completely comfortable? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm, 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 I've, I, it took me a long time of doing stand-up to call myself a stand-up comedian. 
because I really respect the art and I really respect comedians. And I would say I do stand up or I try to do stand up. I'm not a stand up. But now I feel very comfortable saying I am, you know? Yeah, cool. Because like these kids now, they'll do one open mic and they'll be like, I'm a stand up comedian. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you got to. Right put some work in you know <laughs> it's and i put the work in not just because you have a twitter account it's yeah. not that's not what it is yeah um and this new show on true tv yeah do you do stand-up on it or what do no you, i host you it. host it so what is okay it's like <laughs> explaining improv to rappers <laughs> it's a very because i know the show is like acting out stand-up yes. routines okay so a comedian comes up and starts telling a joke then it kind of swishes. <laughs> you still Flashback. hear the joke. Mm -hmm. You hear the comedian telling the joke. But then there's actors acting out what he's saying in the joke. Um, so the closest example would be like a music video. Right. Where like, you know, the artist in the music video is lip syncing because the song has already been recorded. But then now there's visuals to it. So that's what the show is. Hard to explain. Once you watch it, you'll get it. Because there's one guy has a joke where he's like, you, you know when you got to walk past first class on a plane because yeah. you're in coach? And he was on the plane and this woman grabbed her purse and moved it to the side. And he's like, what am I going to do? Steal your purse? We're on the same plane. So visually, you can start thinking of what that looks like. Right. But now we actually show you Act it out. Very, in a very funny way. Yeah. You know, The guys who make the show are incredible. Incredible. But you don't have to do any of that. You just no, no, keep no, no. the show I just, going. And yeah, I'm like, well, the thing is, they put had, the smiley face on it. Yeah, they had these, they had these shorts, these little videos mm -hmm. that they were playing on this other variety show on True TV called Late Night Snacks. Rachel oh yeah, Drax. yeah, yeah. And it would just be one-offs, and they got such great reaction. They're like, how do we make this into its own show? And like, well, we need a very charismatic, handsome host. And then they couldn't find him. So then they got me, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, Lucky for you. Yeah, but uh, I'm the glue. <laughs> that charismatic, handsome yeah. man wasn't available. He was not available. <laughs> Neither was 10 of his friends. So then they got me. Uh -huh. But I'm, I glue the whole show together. Cool. And the whole ass, the whole show is like, uh, you're in my night. It's like my nightclub. And I book all the comedians. And it's like very loungy. And like people all around. It's not like a stand-up audience. It's kind of like a nightclub. And I introduce comedians. And I talk to them on the side, get like slight interviews, kind of like real or funny little speaking banter moments. Right. But it's good. It's funny. So to bring it all full circle. Yeah. Like a cypher. If, if you, if you, if you were face to face with a teenager who's thinking about joining the military. Okay. But has a creative artistic bent. What would you tell that teenager? As me? You now. Tell, yeah. Like if you're, if you're face to face with a teenager now who's, who you see is kind of like you. Yeah. It's kind of like, I don't know what, they don't know what to do. Do I, do I join yeah, the military? Do well, I? Well, I've met a lot of those kids, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I explained to them, I don't have the 100% foolproof formula. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I did. And I've told this to other people and it's worked. So I would give them advice on how, like I work for free all the time. To this day, I work for free. To this day. Because my thing is, I just got to get not in the for room. Liz. Liz, you make Liz pay you, right? I make Liz pay me, but <laughs> I'm saying if she was ever like, "Yo, I need you to host this thing," uh -huh. I'll do it because I just got to get in the room and show my skills. Once I get in the room, and this happens every time. 
I show my value, I show my skills, and, and I'm very professional, and people always hire me again, always. It's how I've gotten every job. So I know I'm not the funniest comedian in the world. I know I'm not the most creative, but I know I'll be there super early, won't be drunk, and handle my business, you know what I'm saying? How do you make sure people don't take advantage of that if you offer it for free the first time? It's like crack. The first one's free. Oh, okay. The second one you gotta pay. Um, nah, I mean, when I was younger, people took advantage. Hot 97 definitely took advantage for years. I just learned from it. I grow from it. I don't have no regrets. I don't let it bother me. I'm a very positive person. I, I just think life is too short to be complaining. And that's what a lot of comedians do, yo. They complain, yo. Well, Saifa, thank you for doing this podcast and not complaining. Even no though way. I even though I haven't paid you yet for it. So Yeah, how do I get paid for this? <laughs> what is this on? Checks in the mail. I don't have a mailing address, Sean. Oh. How do we how do we figure okay, let's work this out. <laughs> I should talk to my manager. Yeah, thanks for coming, Saif. Thanks for having me. Hey, did you tell him about my show, Laugh Mobs Laugh Tracks? Yeah. It's on, it's on True TV. TV right now. Right now, probably. Woo! Online. Cool. Check it out. Thanks. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first.